Hi there. Welcome back to the Real Film Chronicles podcast. As always, I'm Nathan. And I'm Brian. And in today's very special episode, we're going to be taking a little look at a film called RRR. Absolutely fantastic. Excited to talk about this film. Uh, this film, wow, just almost came out of nowhere, right? It uh, <laughs> has really taken the world by storm. And um, if you haven't seen this movie, I mean, because we're going to probably just talk about spoilers right from the beginning. Yeah. Do yourself a favor. Just pause that podcast. Go spend three hours <laughs> watching this movie. It it's, has a 187-minute runtime, but I can guarantee you it goes by very, very quickly. Absolutely fantastic. Um, RRR is an Indian film uh, about two Indian revolutionaries in the 1920s. I think the movie actually takes place in 1920, like British-ruled India. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it is also heavily fictionalized, like if not just straight up fiction. Uh, uh, these two revolutionaries, like they're legends in Indian culture, and they never actually met in person. So it's Raju and Beam. Yes, I know they're, they're they have longer names, but I, I'm, I, I, I that's all I have written down here right now. But they never actually met in person. But this movie imagines a world in which they did meet and became like the absolute best of friends. Um, it's, I mean, I mean, that's essentially the majority of the movie. They are fighting against the British rule, but they're doing it in, in their own like angle of attack. Right. And I think the movie starts out with the kind of the abduction of a young girl from one of the, uh, from like a tiny village. Yeah. And the village kind of like, I, I don't want to say hires, beam but basically like enlist the help of this guy who's known for like doing tasks like this to try and get this little girl back he's almost like he's the protector of this um yes tribe but this specific um town or community this, this specific yeah. community he's like because they talk about them being like almost like sheep they're not a warrior um yeah warrior um people but they have this one dude like to keep like if something if somebody attacks the flock, this guy, he's like he's like yeah. he's like the the guard dog, and he will. Um, hunt That's you right. Down. Or I think they call I think they um, compare him later on to uh, to a tiger, right? Because they say yeah, at one point yeah. when when Raju is is kind of playing the cat and mouse game, is like you don't you, you can't send a you can't send a dog to hunt a tiger. It's <laughs> like such a great line. So many great lines in this. So many like there were a lot of great lines for sure. This is like this is an epic story, an epic movie, um, epic in the traditional kind of literary sense. Yeah, it's this felt less like watching a movie and more like an experience. It yeah, it was a truly like an experience from like top to bottom. Yeah, start R R R triple R. Um, rise, roar, revolt. One of the meanings behind the the title, and I mean, some background on the initials is it, I think they announced the movie as RRR, named after the initials of the two main stars and the director. So you have <laughs> Rama Rao Jr. as Beam, Ram Sharan as Raju, and it's directed by S.S. Rajamuli. And so it was just like a placeholder. And I think 
from what I read, they're just like, you know what? Screw it. At the end of the day, the movie's just going to be RRR. It's a little meta, but it also works under all these different languages. And the movie is in a variety of, of different Indian languages. Yeah. And it also works for uh, languages all over the world, like Rise, Revolt. Rise, Roar, Revolt. Yes, exactly. Thank <laughs> you. So it's just like it works all over the place. It's like, oh, this is a really universal name. Absolutely love it that they just like went all in on that. <laughs> went all in on that. They went all in 100% on every aspect of this movie. Every aspect from the from the visuals <laughs> to the story to the title is just like everything's cranked up to 11 in like the best possible way um yeah i know that this movie had been getting a lot of hype um praise praise internationally which um honestly in north america we were not exposed to a lot of indian films either bollywood mm-hmm. or otherwise and this is not technically a bollywood film i was under see i was even under misapprehension not misapprehension but a misunderstanding that like yeah, bollywood yeah. was just encompassed all indian cinema but it's not right. It's Bollywood is something very specific, but there's a whole um, diverse range of cinema coming out of India that we're just we're just in North America specifically. We're just not exposed to that on a regular basis, right? A hundred percent. And like discussing this, like telling some friends, "Hey, you guys should check out RRR." They're like, "Oh, I don't. I've not actually watched a Bollywood film." It's like, well. Actually, now, now that I'm so educated on the subject, I was completely blind to, you know, just days before. Um, Actually, <laughs> you're that guy, Brian. <laughs> I mean, I had no idea either. It was just like, oh, Bollywood films, like all movies from India, like the whole film industry. But um, I mean, this is technically a Tollywood film. Right. Which is referring to the film industry out of Telugu. Uh, and I'm probably mispronouncing that. And they all take on like uh, that Hollywood uh like mashup of the name and like Bollywood was originally from movies from Bombay, which is now uh, known as Mumbai. And there's like four or five like major film industries in India that kind of follow that format. And for what I see, Tollywood is like become the forerunner of like the largest uh, film industry and Bollywood makes more films, but like not necessarily as big of films. Yeah. Well, I, I'm hoping to see some more Tollywood films now. Um, I actually, I tweeted about RRR on uh, R. Uh, <laughs> I feel like a pirate every time I say the, the title. But I tweeted right. about like how awesome this film was. Spoilers. This is um, if you're going to ask me how I rate this film, overall impressions. This is this is no matter what else I watched this year. This is making my top ten list for 2022 <laughs> easily. Um, That's fair. But I tweeted about how much I love this and some random kind stranger on the internet sent me a DM. It was like, oh, I see that you liked RRR. Here's a bunch of other Indian films that I oh, recommend really? checking out. It's like, I'm going to, I'll actually forward you that list, um, Brian, but it might be interesting. Cause I, I, I've never, this was my first Indian film that I've watched. I know I've watched like Asian cinema. I've gotten into a, mm-hmm. a lot. Obviously, like if you watch Westerns, you get into the spaghetti Westerns and the whole Italian thing. And then Giallo films. I know that you introduced me to. So the Italian mm-hmm. thing, obviously European films, uh, we've been exposed to, but really in Indian films, like that was a huge blind spot for me. I, I, I don't think I've ever seen a full production out of India, Bollywood, Tollywood or otherwise. So this was maybe the simultaneously the best and worst <laughs> intro to Indian cinema because RRR was so good. It's so amazing yeah. that everything else just might pale by comparison. I'm still going to check it out. 
Um, check out some other films. I'm hoping to this year um, check out at least one or two more and start uh, my Indian film journey. But uh, yeah, it's it's it might be tough. It's like maybe like starting your watching Western film with like something like Raiders of the Lost Ark or Jaws, and it's like, well, yeah, yeah. Where do you where do you go where from do there? You go from there? <laughs> yeah, it's true, and it's just like this is essentially the biggest film, and and like these two stars are apparently like some like the two biggest stars in Indian cinema right now. It's just like you are starting at the very top of the pile here. But I imagine there's a lot of good stuff to explore there. For good reason, too, calling out the actors. Those two lead actors, amazing, by the way. This is a kind of film where there's so much dependent on those two characters. Mm -hmm. Like, individually, but also, like, having that chemistry together. And just, like, the bromance on screen... <laughs> it was like I felt like like these guys it was strong. These guys must be friends in real life. You can't like yeah, I know they're yeah. actors, but like you can only fake so much. Like these guys it's were like true. I mean, we point that out in other movies too, especially like like romance films where the two leads, if they don't have the off camera like chemistry, yeah, we're not necessarily going to be able to sell their on screen chemistry. And here's a bromance where these two guys are absolute buddies. It's like they must hang out all the time. I hope so. In my in my head, it's like I, I pictured them as like they've got it for the good of humanity, these guys have to be best friends in real life. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean they did a fantastic job, these two leads. Uh, quite a few of the actors here are are doing pretty good stuff. Uh but these two are like the very much the focus of the entire yeah. film. A couple other people so that main um British bad guy, um Scott Buxton, who gave those amazing villainous speeches about the cost of the bullet and how like, you know, like yes. you can't waste the bullet on these, these people here. Cause it, it costs, you know, it's it cost a whole shilling for like, you know, somebody in a factory had to make this and had to be shipped across the ocean. Yeah. It's like, this person's too good. And then like at one point the guy like grabs a branch and, and beats this woman. Um, but that guy was Ray Stevenson. And I yes. thought so, but I was like, like I, he looks like really familiar. He looks like Ray Stevenson. I was like, it can't be, can it? And it it was also right. I didn't realize just looking it up. Um, Allison Duty played his mm-hmm. wife, yep. uh, who was of course um, Elsa in uh, Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade. Yeah, um, but yeah, also doing great jobs as the villainous British overlords in uh, you know this yeah. uh, during the British colonial period in uh, in India and like the the bad guys like the British colonials. They were definitely the bad guys in this. Like, there was no, very, very villainous. <laughs> <yes. doubt. laughs> but I did want to touch upon that because I've seen in a few reviews, they're like, if we were going to talk about the acting, you can't really ignore the fact that some of the, like the British casting, like the British acting is a, is poorer than the rest of the film. And, and we've talked about this in a few adaptations. Uh, like when I was watching some of the, uh, the Chinese um, martial arts films, it's like they quite often cast like a white British or American or Australian uh, actor who's maybe not necessarily up to par with the rest of the film, or maybe there's just something gets lost in translation in their performance. But this is not fully the case in RRR. Like those are good actors that you just point out there. I think there was very, very stylized, I think, like a lot of the movie, like, but I don't yeah. think it was like, I think, bad. No. And that's, that's my point is that I don't think it was bad. I think and I mean, I'm going to steal that word right there. Stylized. Like it's such a stylized movie that their performances fit in here, but I can definitely see that criticism in this movie of saying, Oh, their performances may be not as good. I mean, 
if you were to compare actors, it's like the two leads here are oh acting way above their white co-stars here, like Ray Stevenson and whatnot. But it's not distracting throughout the movie for me at all. I'm just like, no. it is an experience. Like it's it's almost like hyper realistic or hyper hyper real where yes i don't expect things to be absolutely played straight all the time it's like i need a little bit of the exaggeration in well, in their acting and motions watching this you look at like partway through you kind of realize like raju and beam it's almost like a like a superhero story right it very when, much when you yeah. when you're watching it later on you realize when you get into that mindset and it's like the great thing about the film too is like it immediately sets the tone perfectly. You know exactly what kind of film you're watching. So yeah. when like these, dare, like dare I say, like outrageous action scenes happen, like it's not off-putting or jarring. It's just simply awesome because you know exactly what to expect. Um, yeah. And there's like with the whole, like the whole production top to bottom, it's just amazing, um, amazing stuff. Yeah, the movie sets its tone early, very on. And you, it's easier to accept the rest of the, I mean, the film is very consistent in that way. It's not like there are certain scenes that stand out as like absolutely foolish or something, right? It's, they're not over the top. Everything is over the top and you're either there for it or not really. But I, I honestly haven't seen like a single negative review or hot take about this film. I, I think the other criticism that could be laid against the movie is some of the special effects feel a little bit janky. But again, yeah, they are, it's like that superhero realm of these guys are just doing such amazing things and it's so creative and what they're doing on screen yeah that you are absolutely willing like your suspension of disbelief is is gone like it's sorry not gone it's absolutely fully held up like it's just it doesn't matter you are loving every second of what's going on on screen no matter how janky you may feel the special effects are yeah listen is is this some some special effects are really really good and some of them are kind of kind of a little bit wonky like this is not like um i don't think like ilm and weda who like did some like amazing pioneering stuff you know like not every production company is gonna put together yeah. golem in lord of the rings <laughs> on their on their first go right so like but like you said it doesn't detract from the movie at all um the filming techniques they use really downplay the, mm -hmm. the cgi so it's not like you can tell it's CG, but it doesn't really matter. It fits with the aesthetic of the yeah. movie perfectly anyway. Um, some of the, it's weird. Cause like some of the scenes with the animals, um, there's a couple scenes with animals and some of them look really, really good. And some of them look like yeah, kind of, kind of wonky, but it's only on screen for a couple seconds. So it's like, it's not, it's not like they're doing like a long close up on the CGI tiger. It's like, no, it's constantly in motion. So it's like, yeah. Oh yeah. You're not, you're not going frame by frame. Like the cinematography of it, like the f the fighting sequences are moving quickly enough. Like, yeah, like exactly as this. You, okay. you don't necessarily focus on those things specifically. It's just like you're taking in the entire aspect. And that's one of the things the movie does so well is like conveys the action to you so well. You, you pretty much know what's okay. going on at all times. So let's get into this now. Let's talk about one of the things in this movie that is excellent. Everything's excellent. But like the action <laughs> scene specifically in this movie I was really surprised how fresh, how innovative, how creative a lot yeah. of these action scenes were. Um, maybe it's just because coming from this perspective, obviously we live in North America. We watch a lot of um, North American films, a lot of Hollywood films, a lot of American films. Yep. And so you tend, 
and especially these days with action films, things are feeling really, really samey. Um, there's, mm-hmm. there's very common trends and everybody seems to be following them. So it's like, I watch another action scene and it's just like shaky cam, quick cuts. There's a very specific style to like North American action scenes that a lot of people do the same thing, yeah. the same techniques over and over again. Coming in and seeing some of these action scenes, like one of the first action scenes introducing. So first of all, like the structure of this movie, like each of these main characters, Raju and Beam, get these epic introductions and then they get and they get an epic yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> intro. I think like the title card, when they finally meet and they, they share the most epic handshake yeah. <laughs> in movie history. <laughs> it's like 45 minutes into the movie or something when the full title card comes up yeah, on screen. Yeah. But the first intro for Raju, when he's introduced as a member of the... Um, local local contingent of the British military. I guess like mm-hmm. they were as part of the colonialism, as part of the colonial strategy, they would enlist locals as part of their local military forces to fight back against them. But there's like one outpost and they're surrounded by like thousands of like protesters. Um, yeah. Like, like, Obviously, Indians who are not happy about the... Um, yeah, these guys are like speaking... It's like a protest speaking out for their freedom. Yeah, but there's like this little outpost surrounded by thousands of people and one guy like in the crowd throws a stone and like breaks a portrait of I think the commander there played by um <laughs> Ray Stevenson Ray Stevenson I was gonna say Ray Winston but that's a very different character <laughs> so the British commander's like arrest that man that one dude yeah. in the crowd it's so absurd he's like he just points into the crowd he's like you gotta go out and arrest that one dude <laughs> and like all the all the troops are like staring at each other it's like well we're not going out there. Like, how, how would you even start doing that? It's but the, crazy. But the one, but but Raju, <laughs> he goes, he grabs he's, his he's like. Up to it. Can't remember what the name is. A specific name of that that stick, um, that 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 weapon that he uses. He grabs that and he runs up like almost like it was like a garbage can or something, but a couple, on a post and he jumps over the fence and into the crowd. And you're just like, well, he's dead. Like they're gonna tear yeah. him apart. <laughs> but no, he starts like cracking skulls and he starts going after this guy, and it's he's fighting the, this crowd of like hundreds and thousands of people. And it's amazing. Um, in the fact that it's like, they pushed the bounds of what's, you know, like what would likely happen is he'd get crushed and, and mobbed to death. But like, just the way they film it, it's like, it's just on the border of plausible. And he's like, he's, he's cracking skulls, but he's also like, he's getting pushed to the ground and getting punched and kicked and stomped on. Yeah. And it shows like, oh, he's had to fight his way back to the top and he's pushing guys out of the way and they're pushing him. It's like the whole scene is amazing. Even the way it's shot is just like you get a perfect sense of place, exactly what's happening. When he punches a guy and it cuts, it's like, oh, you see that yeah. guy pop out of the crowd. It holds on the shots long enough. Yeah, it's super easy to follow the action. Even in a crowd of, of thousands of people, the way it was shot, um, you can tell exactly who's where in the crowd. Yeah. To borrow a line from Superman. Yeah. You'll believe a man can fly. <laughs> All right. You'll believe here a man can jump into a crowd of thousands and accomplish his goal, fight back dozens of people at the same time, and successfully bring this guy back across the fence. Like, not to mention that fence he jumped at the beginning was like, 10, 12, 15 feet high, and he just leaps <laughs> over the thing. It's also on the verge <laughs> like, of collapsing with the crowd. Yeah, well, it. But it's funny, there's a cool shot where, like, at the beginning, the crowd surges forward, and, like, all the cops, or all, all, all the officers, like, take a step back in fear. 
except for Raju. And when Raju finally gets the guy to the crowd, arrests him, brings him back in, and like he goes back to attention. He's beaten and he's bloodied. And yeah. he goes, washes his face off with some water, puts his hat back on, and he goes and steps there and he like stands at attention, boom. And like the whole the, the front of the crowd, they they like step back yeah. in fear. It's Absolutely like- <laughs> insane moment. Yeah, I mean that's it. He just he resumes his position and like, yeah, boom. Also the whole crowd just looks at him and just like, oh, maybe like we can't. We can't go. <laughs> that was this one dude. That one guy is there. It's also interesting, important to note that um Raju's element seems to be fire. So like yes. in that scene, I can't remember whether it was before or after he goes out to arrest that guy, but like in his in his eye there's reflected, I believe, yeah, like the yeah. the flame or whatever. There's some flame from the the protesters. Yeah, they're holding like torches and stuff and those that's all reflected yeah, in torching, his eyes. Were they torching the British flag or something? Yeah. It's almost like the fire was feeding his abilities. Yeah, but like, just like just with the presence of fire in the crowd made him able to do that. Yeah, and you get the sense that especially later on when they make it explicit, like um Ra- Raju's element is fire and then Beam's element is water. So like yeah. there's something very there's m- something mythic about these characters. There's something, you know, like this is these are these are this is a legend. These are legends happening. I, you, oh yeah. It's these are legendary deeds by by heroes of legend, yeah. right? It's absolutely fantastic that the movie spends that time, like you said, 45 minutes until the title card of the movie. It spends the time establishing like their abilities. And Beam is basically, if I remember correctly, like he's they're kind of like trying to trap a, a tiger in the jungle, and he essentially starts fighting a tiger. It's significant. We don't realize why they're doing it then. But we yeah. we sure as heck know later on in the movie yeah. why they were doing that. <laughs> oh my god! Like fast forward to that scene. No, talk um, about Beam's intro first. Gotta go. I, that's all I remember from the the intro. What the else? The whole thing uh, where he pours the blood on his head and is like going down his face and it looks like he's crying blood. Yes, yes. But that whole <laughs> that whole thing where he's running through. They're trying to. They weren't trying to capture a tiger. They're trying to capture. Um, can't remember what it, what it was like a jaguar or something else. Yeah. Or oh, that's right. It was a, a like a smaller wild cat. Or maybe, maybe it was like a wolf or something. If the tiger like intervened halfway through, it's just like oh, we got to change our tactics here. A tiger is and showing he gets up. caught in that trap, but it, he's breaking through the trap, and then Beam has those two ropes. Yeah. That he's holding one in each arm, and he's like he's literally got to pull and like flex to get those ropes together to, to pull the tiger away from him. The way it's set up. Yeah. Um, I don't know if it makes any sense in the real world, but in in the context of that scene, all the mechanics make perfect sense. And this tiger swiping at him and he's and just it like, shows his strength as like, yeah. that is equal or if not greater than a tiger itself, which is a very powerful animal, right? Pulls that. And then he gets the, um, his buddy tosses in like the, the powder, the juice that uh, essentially it knocks the <laughs> tiger out. But yes. when he, when beam is introduced, he's like introduced, like his reflection, like he's on the edge of the water. Mm-hmm. And I think, does the camera like spin around where it's like, I think it does. Yeah. You, you think you're like looking at a reflection at first or you're looking at, you're looking the at the real reflection life and you're actually looking at a reflection. Yeah. And it turns around, but like, obviously, you know, again, beams element is water and like they're telegraphing that early on, but that whole chasing when he's running through the woods with the tiger chasing him. And it's like, it's just on the edge of like plausibility. Cause you see the tigers catching up to him. It's like, he can't outrun this thing forever. Gets yeah. into the trap and like the rope breaks and he's got one rope in each hand and he's like 
just showing the strength of this guy. It's right. like, this is amazing. It's like, what a great intro for this character. It's amazing. Yeah, the, the character development right there is just like leagues above. And like so many other big uh, films that we've seen. Yeah, and like this is the guy. It's so in-depth. His This is the guy, Beam, whose mission it is to find this girl who was yeah. taken, stolen from this village, kidnapped. And you see it's like, oh, we know why they sent this guy. Like he's... Yeah, <laughs> literally overpowering this tiger. It's like, okay, they picked the right guy to uh, to go up against the British colonials and get this girl back. Absolutely wild. If it, it, the next, not not the next scene, but like the next big scene for me is the two of them meeting. Right? I mean, oh, we kind of fast forward meeting, in time. Yes. It's just, it's like essentially you have a setup where they're both on top of this bridge, and there's a child down in the water below. There's like a train falling off its tracks. There's fire everywhere. And it's like these two guys, uh, one one's on the top of the bridge already, one's Raju. down below. And they just look at each other and it's just like, boom, head nod. And they don't know each other at all, right? They just recognize each other's greatness. They're like men of action, right? So it's like yeah. Raju's on the bridge. He's looking at the crowd. He's like looking what he could do. And like Beam's like standing there. He looks up, looks at him. And he's like, and like Raju just like points. And Beam's like, yeah. he just nods back at him he and knows. he runs up. On the bridge, and I was like, it's great, because I think, who has the horse and who has the motorcycle? Um, uh, Beam has the horse. Beam has the horse, I, and Raju. You know what? No, sorry, no. Beam has the motorcycle, because yeah. Raju has the horse, and he, one of the funniest things is that he grabs a flag off like one of these vehicles yeah. <laughs> and tosses it to Beam as he's going over, because he crashes the motorcycle into the, uh, the side, so he flips himself over and gets the momentum, but he he grabs the flag. You're like, what is this? Like the flag is just a glory shot. And it's revealed that after he, like he hands the kid off, he has to swing back and there's flames. He's engulfed in flames. And the, he dips the flag into the water on the way there. And he wraps himself in the flag. So it's a protective thing. And that's Raju would recognize that he's going to have to do that on the underside of the bridge. It's just like, these guys are working in perfect synchronization yeah, right from amazing. the beginning. Well, so that setup is just so it's clear, like beam comes up on the bridge and they tie a rope around each other's waist and they yeah. jump off opposite sides of the bridge so that they swing, swing down past each other. So one grabs the kid, pass off the other one. And then he hands him the flag and he's like, why are you taking the flag with? Like you said, but yeah. it's like, it all makes perfect sense the way it's constructed in the scene. And then when they swing back in and they come together they're both hanging from the underside of the bridge, flames burning around them, and they they have the epic handshake. <laughs> yeah. there, and that's when, boom, title yeah, card title comes card. up. It's like these two <laughs> legendary epic characters meet, and that's when the story actually begins. It's like, this is great. Yeah. Where you, where you see like Raju is an officer, and he's like, the reason he went over the fence to fight, um, to arrest that guy. Um, and risk his life against this mob of thousands was he wanted to get this promotion to become was it special officer i think which just yeah something's a random title special <laughs> officer that would basically get him closer to his goals he wants to get higher he wants to get promoted in in his rank it's not revealed later do we re do we reveal that now yeah um, yeah no the spoilers right yeah, from the beginning it's revealed later beam doesn't learn this until later the audience doesn't learn this until much later but it's almost like um there's like departed levels of character yeah, yeah. background going on here. Where like there's agents and double agents, and triple agents. But Raju yeah. is like, oh, you think like, oh, he's a people are like, oh, you're a traitor to your people. You're working with the yeah. British colonials. But then you go back into his backstory, and like his father was like a revolutionary who tried to fight back against them, ended up dying, 
And like Raju, he got older and he promised like he would go infiltrate the colonial, the British colonial army, rise up to the ranks so he would get access to the weapons so he could get those weapons to the people of India so that they could rise up and revolt and, you know, kick the British colonial forces out. So there's a whole amazing complicated backstory like just when i thought i had the character figured out yeah um, this is happens much later when it goes to the the flashbacks and it's like flashbacks are always a kind of a tricky they do it so well here yeah this this way it's done so well and all of a sudden it's done at the perfect right time where you see all these pieces click and it's like oh that's why he was doing this and that's why he yeah. did this this way it's like he's not a traitor to his people he was actually he was going out there and making these sacrifices essentially like having everyone from his village everyone hate him everyone from his village knew he was doing it but like other indian people he couldn't reveal his secret mission to so like they were like oh you're a you're a traitor to your people and he was like having to arrest people and 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 imprison his own people and um do violence against his own people that sacrifice he had to make in order to achieve this long-term goal and like what a a deep complex character like yeah and like it's deep and complex, but these are ideas that anybody from any culture can grab onto, right? And, yeah. and and sink into. You don't need to understand, you know, the the history, the actual history of the colonial yeah. period of a British occupation yeah. of India, right? They they make it a very personal story and like personal motivations that you can, yeah, as you said, fully understand. And, and I wanted to talk about a second about. Like the buddy film and the classic trope <laughs> wherein like the third act, they're going to have a falling out, right? And that always happens in all our movies and it happens here, but it's so much more believable here and has so much more weight and significance because one of the tasks for Raju is finding Beam. He doesn't know that Beam is the protector of this girl and this community yeah. who's trying to like infiltrate the palace. And when he does find out, well, now he, he has a very specific conflict of interest here. He's like, well, he does want to help Beam, but he can't betray his secret identity at that point, essentially, his secret motivation. So it's that thing of like the, the needs of the many outweigh the needs of the few or the one, right? It's yeah. like, do you blow your cover to help save this one girl? Yeah. Or do you follow through, like sacrifice, potentially sacrifice this one girl to potentially you know, free yeah. your entire country from colonial occupation, right? So it's and yeah, and from Beam's perspective, he gets arrested and he's you know he's be he's being punished by Raju, and it's just like the ultimate betrayal. And at that point, Beam doesn't know, and Raju doesn't know Beam's story. It's like they're they really don't know each other at that point. It's but they've built up this incredible friendship outside of these motivations and agendas, and it's just it's a beautiful thing when everyone kind of like comes together and realizes like Beam learns about Raju's past because I think he's talking to his uh, his wife who's come into uh, town to get some assistance or something's going on there. And it's just that final act where Beam and the others, like Beam specifically going in, Raju is imprisoned into like a pit of the ground. He's got to go in and save him. It's just so absolutely epic. It's like everyone is now on the same page they're fighting together and then they're at full power. And it's also this <laughs> surreal thing where they they almost like combine. It's like a, a, a Voltron or Mighty Morphin Power Ranger. It's a superhero sort thing. Of another like epic action scene where um, that rescue you're talking about, where Raju, he actually 
sets it up so the beam can escape after having like he publicly flogged him and beam just wouldn't give any wouldn't kneel and raju's feeling really bad about it but he orchestrates is like oh let's have his let's have beams execution like in this you know on the outskirts of town where like he's not going to die a martyr no one's going to see it but essentially it's just him like setting up for him to escape and helping him escape without without beam actually knowing that's what was doing what he was doing So Raju gets imprisoned and something, his legs are injured. And so he can't, he can't walk when Beam comes to rescue him. So he has to like sit on Beam's shoulders. He sits on his shoulders. <laughs> and that's where I'm talking about is like they combine their powers. And the, when Raju is like on top of Beam, like on his shoulders, they're more powerful than any force can be thrown against them. <laughs> like this is what I'm talking about. Like inventive, creative action scenes. I've yeah. never, I've never seen anywhere else a dude sit on top of another dude's shoulders and have a fight scene where like he's like it's so cool because like he's firing a gun sometimes he's firing two guns these rifles but when he's out of ammo he hands it down to beam yeah who like reloads it for him <laughs> and hands it back up to him and that's like and, but then <laughs> they're also like going by like guys who are in close range and like running by and like punching them in the face and stuff and yeah. sending them flying or like when yeah, they're climbing climbing up the tower <laughs> still on the shoulders it's like, yeah yeah it's, it's so absolutely crazy. insane like it's surreal to look at it you're like man this is it looks otherworldly, but it, it all makes sense it's on screen. And I think just previous to that, they, they're both in like the uh, the forest, the jungle, and they're taking advantage of the, the powers that you mentioned earlier. It's like he's no, really it's embracing the, It's that. after that, right? It's after that? Okay. Yeah. yeah, yeah they, it's just like they're really embracing like the fire arrows or something, and he's got the, the water uh, power going through them. Oh, my God. So that whole, that whole, eh, like that almost final battle between the British colonial forces and these two heroes of legend who now not only like they're becoming full power, the dudes, they healed his leg somehow. It doesn't really matter. He can walk. Doesn't, now. Yeah, it's fine. Well, they, they're full power. He gets his, it must, I don't know if it has specific cultural significance. I guess they're based on real people, but he like, yes, with the specifically with the, I think it was the red. Cause there's a statue there. And he gets yeah, like yeah. the bow and arrow and he gets like the red cloth and he has like, I think it's the pants. Cause he's topless at this, like Reggie was topless at this point. The dude's a powerhouse, yeah. <laughs> but he's got like his bow and arrow and just like some of the stunts with that bow and arrow. Oh yeah. Oh, there's one where like Ooh. it shoots the tree and almost hits the guy and the guy's like, oh, breathe a sigh of relief. But then beam comes from behind him and like pushes his face into yeah, the yeah. arrow. Oh. <laughs> Or just so like, that's another thing about this movie is that it doesn't hold back on like the gore and excessive violence, right? It's like, I'm thinking, oh, is this a movie that you could watch with your family? And it's like, you might want to be careful with some of the kids because this is, with some does not hold kids, back. Yeah. It is gory. But like they were shooting, I think at one point they strapped like grenade, they, they, they killed some dudes and then they got the, the grenades from them and then they were shooting arrows with grenades on them. It's like, this is amazing. Yeah, and yeah. then I think uh, Beam had his like, was it a spear or something that he was killing guys yes. with i mean and he obviously he was under the water he pops up out of the water and he gets the guy and he drags him back down he's like <laughs> yeah this is they were using their elements right um that yeah. whole that whole fight scene where the two of them hold off the british colonial forces oh man and then the the dude there ray stevenson the main um commander there is like he's watching from a distance and he's like did you have him? Do you have him yet? He's like trying to get them on the radio. And you're just seeing like the explosions going off yeah. in the distance. It's like, <laughs> you got him, right? It's like, we need, we need backup. <laughs> we need backup. <laughs> Send everything you it's got. so wild. But it's not, also, we didn't talk about the other epic action scene. Um, no, there's two more epic action scenes. One is when Beam actually goes to the... 
the colonial to the palace, to the, the palace there the, to rescue yeah. the girl. Um, him and his people have this plan in action. You see why he was capturing the tiger and other animals. Like, yeah. goes in with this truckload full of all these wild animals, looses them, unleashes them on the yeah. colonial uh, British folks gathered there. Wreak havoc. He's kicking. He's taking names and, and kicking butt. And then Raju shows up to uh, to take him down. Now that he knows that Beam is the guy he's been looking yeah. for this whole time, after they spent like half the movie, like you know hanging out together and like yeah. Raju was helping Being best friends. Yeah. Yeah. Raju was trying to help beam get, um, um, win the affections of one of the British women, um, yeah. helping them with that relationship, which was amazing. Like built this friendship up so, so well, but it, they realize like Raju realizes like, this is the guy that I've been looking for this whole time. And he's been like, they, they grew to become best friends. And it's like, in order to fulfill his mission, you don't realize at the time you don't know as a viewer, what his mission actually is. You just think he's, yeah, He's, I guess this on. He swore an oath to be an officer, and he's got to uphold this oath. But really, in the background, he's like, "No, I need to do this to get higher rank, to get the weapons, to give my people to feed the revolt." Yep. You don't. There's so much going on with these characters, but like, you finally see these, these characters face off against each other. And there's that one epic shot where um, I think Beam has like it's from the fountain, but like the hose because the fountain was broken somehow. Yeah, so he's yeah. got the hose that's spraying water, and he jumps in the air and then and then uh raju has uh like i think he's got like some kind of flaming he's got a flame like something on fire behind him all the fireworks are going off but they have their elements within their elements again but they do that epic there's an epic shot where they're jumping in the air and like twirling to to hit each other (laughs) it's like i think that's one of the moments where i actually texted you while i was watching it because it's just like yeah this dude just threw a jaguar at yeah. another dude like he just like picked him picked up this wild cat and threw him at a, one of the british soldiers and he just got mauled as like this is next level entertainment here yeah like this is like where like they're essentially like it's showing like these guys are like they're legends they're superheroes like they're bordering on like super but just bordering on like superhuman um acts of strength yeah which is like like they're not like thor or superman level but they're not like you or I either. They're doing some incredible stuff. Oh, yeah. <laughs> the other action scene I'm referring to, maybe not an action scene, but the dance scene. When yeah, they go yeah, to the we got to talk about this dance scene. It was insane. Yeah, so everyone was talking about this. One of the things they were talking about was like, oh, this dance scene is amazing. I'm like, okay, sure, whatever. <laughs> and then this is coming up. I was like, okay, it's going to be a musical number. And... Honestly, I thought it was gonna be the weakest part of the film for me. And honestly, that's one of my favorite parts now. That whole it that whole so dance hard. sequence. It was. It, I mean, the song itself is 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 catchy and it just like it pulls you right in. Yeah, and the dancing is just something. I mean, we don't normally see. It's just really a really lot of, and it's almost done like a dance number. But it's it's contextually it makes sense in the movie because like it's not just a random dance. It's a dance off because it's like they're going in there and Beam's trying to win the affections of this lady. And there's these cocky uh, British guys who are just like, oh, who are these <laughs> these local uh, uh, people here? It's just like, you mean nothing, right? Yeah, really. Like they, they look at them as savages, right? Like, exactly. like what do you know of culture? It's like you, you don't, don't he's just showing off all his dance steps, like the waltz yeah. and like the tap dancing and like whatever else it is, right? 
And they're like, oh, you want to see some dancing, right? Yeah. <laughs> and they start showing them the real dance. It was just like, they're still going back and forth a little bit during that to the point where, yeah, the cocky guy is basically just pushed completely aside. And there's a couple shots of him. Like he's, he's so dejected because everybody is into this dance. Everybody's having a huge fun blast of a time. Well, it's crazy because they start like, Raju again, Raju before that they know before they're at each other's throats, before they know like, oh, before Raju knows that he's chasing after the beam is the guy he's actually chasing after, before Beam knows that Raju is chasing after him. Um, like they're still in that phase of getting to know each other and like they're best friends. This guy is like obviously he's bully this British guy is bullying Beam. And then Raju, like he actually goes up to the musical guy. He starts like he starts beating on the drum, and then like the yeah. musicians start following suit, and then they go out <laughs> and they start doing the dance. Get everybody involved, and it's like a dance off where it's like everyone just dances until they collapse. It's like until you physically yeah. can't go anymore. And like that, the last, yeah, two, that's right. You just keep going and going. And like all the British guys are falling off. And it's like oh, we can't keep up. And like the 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 British women too. And it's like finally, it's just like it's Raju and Beam, and they're just like dancing as hard yeah. as they can. And then like Raju notices, like oh yeah, like I'm gonna help my buddy out. And it's like he fakes. He's the best wingman in the world because he basically fakes like a, his exhaustion and taps himself out of the dance so that Beam is the sole dancer at the end. Kind of gets the girl kind of thing. Um, yeah. But the whole the whole scene was like, yeah, just the choreography, um, the storytelling. This is the thing, like every action beat in this movie, something that's missing in a lot of movies we've seen lately, action movies, is like every action scene, every beat in that action scene it it makes sense in the character or it's it's telling us something mm. about the character or it's moving the plot forward it it's revealing some kind or some kind of revelation yeah. but like everything is like the action is meshed with the story is meshed with the character so that it's not just random action scene number 186 it's like no this actually this scene makes sense because it was set up 3 scenes ago and because you know yeah. this about these 3 characters is like oh this actually Oh, and then we find out something new about this character, right? When they're actually, when Beam and, and Raju were fighting um, at the palace and they're, you know, they're, they're pulling their punches still, even though they're yeah, yeah. they're going at each other. It's like, well, you realize like they don't want to kill each other, but they're still, they do and they don't. And it's like, it's this weird back and forth, but there's so much intensity going on with the dance scene, with the fighting scenes. It's all amazing. Like to draw a direct comparison to one of, like the world's biggest movies in in like Captain America Civil War, uh, where <laughs> the two teams of superheroes are fighting each other. It takes place in that drab gray airport with nothing around it. Yeah. It's all CGI. Compare that to these scenes here where these two superheroes are meeting. They're surrounded by people, animals. There's flames. There's interesting background. And it looks infinitely better and more visually interesting and tells a better story than that entire action sequence and many of them from those Marvel movies, which has become like the standard for the Hollywood blockbuster, right? That's the other thing, too, you you brought up, and I noticed it when I was watching this. Like, so many action scenes are like, take place in the daytime. They're really well lit. The camera yeah. actually holds, so you can actually see what's going on. It's like not quick yeah. cut. Like, when somebody gets punched, you can see the action and reaction in the shots. Yeah. Like there's like when people are getting hit, when those animals are coming out of the cages and attacking, like everything has weight to it. Right. Like you feel like at the beginning when that, when that girl is stolen from her village and her mother is pleading with them and standing in front of the car, trying to make it stop. And she hits, hits, 
she gets hit by the branch from that officer. Yeah. And it's like, you felt that hit. They showed everything. And then you showed her like in the scene. I don't know how they pulled that off. Cause it looks like they actually hit her with a branch. Like it, it's right. like it, like I winced watching that cause it looked real. You felt the weight behind that. And you saw her lying on the ground afterwards with the blood streaming down her head. What a, Sorry, go ahead. No, no, I was just going to say like so much of the action scenes in not just Marvel movies, but a lot of North American um, Hollywood movies recently, just like you don't get the weight of that violence. It feels Mm -hmm. cartoony. It feels like weightless. It feels like two CGI characters punching each other. But this movie, like even in the more fantastical elements, when somebody got hit, it's like they didn't hold back on the violence. And I think that's important. Um, Yeah. I think not just to sell the movie and to have that like real world kind of quotidian detail, but also not to sanitize the violence. So if people are watching this and they realize like, Oh, if you punch a guy in the face, it's going to like leave a bruise and a blood and a, like a broken nose. And like in the next scene is yeah. like, yeah, these guys are beaten up. Still uh, there, yeah. <laughs> or if you shoot somebody, it's like, they don't get up and walk away that they're dead and they're full of blood and it's disgusting and it's gory and like showing the consequences of the violence I think is, is important and it's a missing element to a lot of action films these days and I'm glad they didn't shy away from it in this not just for yeah. the visceral component but for the actual to show the consequences of that violence right which I think is, a, is an important act, element to showing violence on screen without a doubt what a way to bookend like the beginning and the end of the film in a speech you you referenced earlier where, uh, oh, yeah. like, uh, like the uh, Ray, um, the British, uh, like the local ruler there is, is talking about the cost of like a single bullet and how it's not worth worth it to waste a bullet because they were going to shoot the uh, the mother there in that abduction scene. Yeah. And it's just like, no, 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 don't even waste that bullet on, on someone like this. It comes from Britain. It costs all this money. It costs this much to pay the worker to pull it, pay it. It costs this much yeah. to ship it. It costs this much to do, like to mine the actual yeah. minerals. And then at the, at the end of the movie, when they have this guy pinned, like they have broken all his defenses, everyone is dead around they him. It's just like the whole palace with, with that motorcycle <laughs> right. into their munitions room. It's yeah. amazing, amazing Huge. shot. And they have an opportunity to basically execute this guy, and they just have it's a chance is it Raju yeah or Beam I think it's Raju Raju is telling Beam yeah who gets to repeat the lines that this guy said at the beginning of the movie with his own twist on it yeah yeah with his own twist and it's just like what how poetic is that and it's so significant too because it's like that was three hours ago in the movie but it's like I can remember that scene so well and I remember the dialogue so well it's just that's just perfect storytelling right there. Yeah. And I think something about like, he says something at the end about like, Oh, he wants, here's his bullet. Like, let's give it back to him. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> and it's like, yeah. And it's like, Oh my God. And like when he gets, when he gets shot, the the leader of the British colonial forces there in that area is like extended scene where like, you see the bullet in slow motion hitting his body and like the blood spurting out is like, yeah. What an epic death. Um, also like that, the whole thing about load, aim, shoot, I think was the the kind of mantra that his father taught him. Yeah, as a kid, he's learning how to shoot from his father, and he basically becomes like a, a master marksman. And it, it follows like a very specific like beat. Like there's beats to loading the gun, aiming, firing the whole nine yards, and it's like the beats are brought forward into the action, but also like 
Maybe why he's such a good dancer too. It's just like they're they're talking about oh, yeah. the rhythm of the rhythm. life and like the movements that they do to become the heroes that they became. It's really uh, it's pretty pretty wild. Yeah, so it's like you have an action movie, you have almost like a superhero origin movie, you have romance, um, comedy. It's romance and bromance all and in one bro- movie. <laughs> you got like the buddy comedy, yeah, elements going on. You've got. There's the a drama. lot of comedic beats to it. It's fantastic. Yeah, like, they, like the it's pacing. It's genre busting. The, the pacing is so good because they know exactly. It's like, oh, there's so much tension here. It's like, oh, we need like a, here's a scene where it like kind of breaks that tension down and like gives yeah. the audience time to relax and process before ramping up the the stakes again and the tension again. Um, the pacing is excellent. Everything about this movie is like, man, I, I can't wait to see what these, what these actors and what this filmmaker does next. Um, I don't that's the thing like it's about tempering expectations because i want to see what they do next i want to see the next amazing thing but i'm also kind of tempering is like not everything can be not everything is going to be as as epic and as successful as as rrr and it's it's one of those movies where it was getting so much praise it was getting so much hype and i'm like i went into it like it can't possibly live up to this hype it can't possibly be as good as they say and i was right because it was even better than what people were saying. It blew me away. Yeah. Normally we talk about this at the beginning of the podcast where we, we say, what are our expectations going into a film and like how we learned about it. But I, it's just, as you said, like I went in, I watched a, I follow a YouTuber who put a video up about this and it wasn't a spoilery YouTube video. And it's just like, Oh, this is going to be like, this is big. Like he's really excited for it. And then Twitter is starting to watch the movie and you're starting to see reviews about it and everyone is going nuts for it. And I'm like, there's no way it's going to hold up to the hype. Like for me, my expectations yeah. are at an all time high. And and I sit down and watch the movie. It's just like, no, I'm not going to be as impressed by this movie. <laughs> and I'd be damned if I was even more impressed. Like the hype was real. It was even yep. underselling it a bit. I was not prepared for this level of cinematic experience. My only wish is that I got to see this in the big screen. But unfortunately, I mean, for yeah. I mean, it had some limited release theatrically in North America, but Netflix basically got the uh, the licensing for it. And I think it was in June they, they put it on the service, which is when yeah. most of us in North America got to see the movie really? and really got to <laughs> yeah, like no, live that up. I'm really bummed that it's good and bad that Netflix got this. It's good because Netflix has the distribution platform to really like yes. get this out there. But on the other hand, like you'll notice on Netflix, like it's not, it's not the original um, audio. It was dubbed over, I think in Hindi, which is not it was the, the original Hindi language, language version. Yeah. Which is really, we don't have the original language. Cause I was looking at it. I was like, I was watching it. It's like, they're, I know like I was watching with subtitles. So like, but, but why is the audio not syncing up with their, with their mouth? And I was like, this is really weird. <laughs> Yeah, I didn't do the full research, but yeah, I, I think the movie was dubbed in a variety of languages. It was, yes. Um, and it's just, and even the licensing was split between the languages. It's like Netflix got the Hindu language version, but there are other language versions that another company may hold like a worldwide distribution. Yeah. It was, just, it was kind of strange. I'm really but praying for a physical release of this. A physical release with all the original languages and just keep yeah. the subtitles throughout the whole thing. That would be perfect. I'm really, I'm keeping my eye out um, daily. There's been no news yet. Um, it, based on everything I've read, it's not likely, but if something does come up, I mean, I really want to see this in the original language. 
really like to see it. Like, honestly, I'm not big on the whole theater experience, just in general. Um, even before yeah. the pandemic, it was just like, I just had so many bad experiences. But like, this is one of those movies I would, uh, I would definitely go to the theater for like, just to, like that, that. This is the exact kind of movie that theaters are made for. Um, and you see video, yeah. I've seen videos online of like the audience, like getting up and cheering <laughs> and stuff. And it's like, yeah, that like, that's the kind of, that's the perfect right. energy to kind of watch a film like this. This film actually benefits. I, I watched it alone, but I think if you're watching it, even with a group of people, like if you're sitting down with your family, I think like that energy, that group energy from like collectively witnessing yeah, something that yeah. awesome, I think that kind of feeds into it. And I think <laughs> it would enhance the viewing experience. So I gotta, I gotta enlist a crew of people um, to to yeah. see this with me. <laughs> Absolutely epic. Did you have anything you wanted to add before we sort of go into our ratings, which we, I think we kind of know about mm. already? But <laughs> <laughs> um, no, I think we covered all the things we wanted to cover. The only thing we didn't cover was the end credits dance scene, which was absolutely epic in its own right—a fantastic song. And what was cr- what was great there is that there's another character showing up and started to dance along with them. Yeah. And it wasn't a character from the movie. It was the director of the film. Right. right? <laughs> and he was in there. He was in the entire dance sequence. It was absolutely brilliant. It just, it like reaffirms that these people are here to make cinema and they're here to make an experience and they're all on the same page. They all get along. They're all having a ton of fun making yeah. this movie. Like that, that whole, that whole end credits dance scene I think that's something that's very specific from my understanding to Indian cinema. Mm-hmm. Um, but it did make me, I had a few thoughts on that actually. So one, it made me really nostalgic for the days of old when every, maybe it's from the eighties, early nineties, when every yeah. big blockbuster always had like their awesome rap song that was made yep. specifically for the movie. Yeah. I think yeah, it's like, this, this is right. almost like the kind of cultural equivalencies. It's almost, it felt like, this is their version of like the end of movie rap song that we would have. It's true. <laughs> <laughs> like I still catch myself singing like T U R T L E Power Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Um, Amazing. Uh, or the Ghostbusters one. I could probably sing half the lyrics of that one too. But the other thing I, I noticed too was like, and it stood out to me, the whole the Indian kind of nationalistic rhetoric, which is not a knock against the film, but it made me think about a lot of the movies that we consume in North America and so much of the um, American kind of really patriotic rhetoric that maybe that I, and maybe a lot of other people have kind of become almost numb to because we see it yes. so often. But yep. I, I imagine like, cause watching RRR and seeing like all the obvious kind of pro India rhetoric and like, this must be how a lot of people who are like, or a lot of countries who aren't really that, closely integrated with American culture must mm-hmm. look at American films, especially like somebody like Michael Bay's films. Who we talked about recently who are very obviously pro America, very kind of jingoistic. Yeah. It's like, it must be that jarring watching American movies and seeing, or maybe I don't know if jarring is the right word, but it must be so like obvious. It's like, Oh, this is like seeing the American flag waving in every movie. And like, yeah, even Sam Raimi is guilty of this too. Like in the Spider-Man movies when he's like, you, yeah, you yeah. see Spider-Man on on the American flag is like so obvious. Maybe it's ironic. Maybe it's ironic. But you see this like, and maybe because we're we're in Canada, but we're like we we're saturated with American media. 
but yeah, it was just like watching watching that. Is like, oh, this must be what the rest of the world feels like watching American stuff all the time—a constant barrage of like <laughs> pro-American propaganda yeah. constantly. So it's a, not a knock against the film, but it made me. It is a good thing. It made me consider the old my own movies that I not my own movies movies that I make in my own personal studio, but like the <laughs> movies that I love and the movies like in North America and like how the all the cultural biases that we tend to take for granted. Yeah. Just being more aware of that going forward, that like different cultures are going to read things differently or different people from different backgrounds, different cultures are going to read that same movie or that same cultural text very, very differently. Mm -hmm. But yeah, it was the dance scene itself was, was, was excellent. I think like if we're not going to have the raps at the end of um, big blockbuster movies anymore, I want dance scenes like this. Like North America yeah. needs to take this cue from Indian cinema. <laughs> I want dance scenes with the whole cast, summing the whole movie up, <laughs> and it was, that was pretty awesome. That was that was epic. I'm not big on musicals usually, in general, but like and song and dance yeah. numbers. But and this, and this isn't like a secret musical. Like there's two no. big musical numbers, basically like one at the end credits and one midway through, which is like a dance battle of sorts. But yeah. uh, well, yeah, the other it's one not like, where Beam is being flogged publicly by Raju. And he he sings that song that yes. gets uh, which is again it makes perfect sense contextually, and it reveals something about the character and it it, mm -hmm. it propels the plot forward as people begin to kind of revolt based on his his courage, right? But yeah, it's not a secret musical like you're saying, but those musical song and dance elements are incorporated in there perfectly, and I think even to yeah. somebody who's not big on those kind of elements in movies or even. Um, musicals in general i think you'll be yeah. pleasantly surprised at this as i was to see how like it's not jarring at all it doesn't take you out of the movie um and it's it brings honestly you a lot of fun in. yeah 100 <laughs> percent. so with all that being said <laughs> we got to give a rating as we always do what is your rating and we use the letterboxd rating scale which is a, a five star scale with half stars of available and a special heart like bonus at the very end of it on top of the stars. So where where do you land on the star rating? Star this is one of the easiest movies in in quite some time. Is an easy five out of five. <laughs> the only reason I didn't give it the heart was because I tend not to give movies that extra heart the yeah. first watch. Yep. But like I can see like there's there's no other good reason than that from not giving it a perfect six out of five. Uh, I'm I'm completely on board uh, with the exact same logic. I do, I don't usually give the heart. It's usually reserved for like movies that are at least a couple years old. I've I've grown to love yeah. over time, and it's like it means something a little more. And I can see that movie earning that heart easily. But yeah, this is a really simple five out of five <laughs> yeah. uh, uh, film. Absolutely fantastic. Some stats around the internet. In terms of ratings, like we, we usually refer to the Rotten Tomatoes uh, scale there. And this film, uh, I mean, did you look this up beforehand to see what its average critic rating on um, Rotten Tomatoes I'm was? I'm going to be honest with you, um, reveal something about myself. I, I never look at any critic or audience scores on any movie I watch ever. Even after the fact? Never. All right. Well, we're, we're going to explore that now because RRR got 96% on Rotten Tomatoes. So that's 96% of reviews were positive. Is that audience or critic score? That's critic score. So that's 96% wow. of critics gave it a favorable rating. And I think it was something like 8.1 8 or 8.2 average rating if they break it down in numbers. Letterboxd, which is uh, our preferred platform, uh, is all uh, audience, uh, had an average rating of 4.2. 
uh, which is, is nice and high for high, a yeah. pretty, for not, not only, I mean, Letterbox is, their user base is probably, for the most part, North American. Yeah. And Western culture. So they, for this movie to break through to these Western audiences, I, I think speaks volume to to the quality of it. Like it's really grabbed the attention well, I of mean, everybody. I would, in terms of cultural significance, it's probably up there with, I remember Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon when we were growing yeah. up and even to people, even to Western audiences who hadn't experienced a lot of Asian cinema um, at that point, Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon felt like one of those milestone kind of breakthrough moments it was like, oh, all of a sudden it's like these Asian movies are coming in more kind of mainstream. Yeah. Obviously there's Asian cinema that was popular. Like you have Enter the Dragon, all kinds of Bruce, like all of Bruce Lee's work, um, Jackie Chan's work. But to see like Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon, um, you know, people watching it in its original language with subtitles. Yeah. But like really, like it, I think it was like in the awards season for like the Academy Awards that year. I think it was up for, well, there was best for best foreign. I think it was actually for, There's for a best, best picture. Right? film. Yeah. Probably a best picture. And I think that's a very significant thing to point out is it's in theaters with the subtitles. Yeah. And for a long time, like you're talking like uh, Bruce Lee and all these old martial arts movies and whatnot. I have that background in, in loving Godzilla movies and all the Godzilla, not all of them, but a lot of Godzilla movies were heavily re-edited for American audiences, right? So we got dubbing, we got different scenes, we got things taken, basically the movie taken apart for us. And then fast forward a, a few decades and we no longer have that. We have foreign films presented to us in their original languages without any cuts to scenes, without any additions of like American actors yeah. spliced into the film. Like <laughs> it, it's a very like, how did it take this long to get to that point? Yeah. And now another 20 years later from Crouching Tiger, we're at this point where we can really delve further into uh, different cultures and their cinemas and their film industries and really get to experience everything. Well, like, yeah. Like, like um, I think... Like RRR for Western audiences is to Indian cinema what Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon was to Asian cinema, in that all it was just a kind of kind of like introduction to mainstream audiences because I know like generally you know mainstream audiences are going to see mostly Marvel and big budget blockbusters, um, which is not a knock against like not everybody has the time or the inclination like um, people like us to. To devote so much of their yeah. life to That's watching <laughs> movies from, and to expand and to, and to watch movies from specifically seek out movies from different um, different regions and different cultures, but RRR feels like a true kind of watershed moment, like Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon, um, did, where it's like, oh, all of a sudden, like here's this movie from another culture, breaking in with North American audiences, exposing them yeah. to this other branch of cinema that they mm-hmm. otherwise wouldn't have. Ex- been exposed to and really enjoying it and it's great to see that it's great to see when you know like living in you know what marshall McLuhan would have termed like a global village to start to see or not to start to see but to continue to see those crossovers where it's not just north america exporting culture that that there's cultural there's cultures all over the world doing amazing work and producing amazing pieces of art whether it's music or cinema um, or whatever art form and being able to, you know, hopefully this is a sign with this and like Parasite was another recent one that was an Asian film. Um, like one big at the Oscars. Was it, 
did it actually it was win best picture yeah best picture yeah yeah so hopefully this is a sign of a good sign of things to come where we're getting mainstream audiences are getting more exposure to a broader range of, of cinema and i think that's only going to be good in terms of you know driving not just what people are advertised locally but like driving like yeah. the best quality cinema no matter where in the world it's made and realizing yep. that those little tiny subtitles are are a very small obstacle to overcome when experiencing yeah. new cinema absolutely fantastic i think that i mean that's an excellent point to just finish on there i have nothing else to add Done. Just like George Costanza, we're going to end on a high note. <laughs> yeah, on a high note right there. Incredible. Incredible.